season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to an episode of Eagle Stock with Deeg. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. I would greatly appreciate it. You can also review the podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast. I would also greatly appreciate that. It's holiday season, and you don't if you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer, today's sponsor, Manscaped, can help you out with that. It has the tools to guarantee you will win this year's stocking stuffer or white, white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in the men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. Get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is the top of every man's wish list. Inside, you'll find their lawn mower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, and the Weed Wagger Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Reserve Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Performance Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off and free shipping to go to Doink, D-Y-N-K, Doink at Manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping is equal to manscaped.com. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. Today's episode is also sponsored by CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use the box to go doink, D-O-I-K, doink, for a 100% welcome bonus of $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code doink, and CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give my friends at CoolBet Canada, follow them on Instagram and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, say cool. And that response to me, I am joined by my friend, Thomas Peterson, on this lovely bye week. Thomas, how we doing? I hate the bye week. I hate, I hate it. It's so annoying. So Pat McAfee got a $30 million a year deal today. What do you think my $30 million deal is coming? How much harder do you get to work? Uh, what would say, the over-under? <laughs> was it just you need to get into the NFL, like some special teams position, play there for like 16 years, and then have a podcast for like three years. I can't over under, over under uh, 20 years. 20 years. I'd probably take the over. <laughs> Pessimist. I can't kick a ball. I don't know how to kick a football, so that, that cannot be there. You just need to run down field I could do. I used to be able to do that. I did that in Canadian University football. I mean, there you go. My my Canadian University football days are over, of course. Um, so yeah, probably never gonna happen. Not as entertaining, not as good looking, not as funny. But we're talking Eagles today, so um, <laughs> just a trifecta right there. Not any of those things. All right. Um, so Eagles beat the Jets. Uh, I don't know the final score in front of you. Was it 33-18? That for some reason that rings a bell. Yeah. Final score? Yeah. 33-18. I think. 33-18. Eagles beat the New York Jets. Um, I think this game. I thought it was gonna start or spark a quarterback controversy in Philly. It, uh, it, uh, the media is trying to. I, I'm refusing to let it happen. I think you're refusing I'm to actually, let it happen as well. I'm very, I'm very proud of the majority of the Eagles fan base because I'm this, this is this has not been blown nearly as much up as I thought it would. I mean, yeah, people I are, are keeping a, a very low key, like, and even if 
even if it was to create some doubt, it's still not changing anything. Everybody knows that Jalen Hurts is the guy moving forward because like every single thing in the organization is pointing in that direction. And so it doesn't matter what anybody thinks because Jalen Hurts is going to be starting. So, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Um, I, like, I, I put on Twitter on Monday, I'm like, you're crazy to think Gardner Minshew should start. And I had a lot of people replying like crazy memes, like them like acting like they're crazy. Like, so I feel like it's like 70, almost 70 30. Like, I still think there's a good chunk of this fan base that still thinks Gardner Minshew should start. We'll get into the reasons why I don't think he should. Um, but what was your uh, what was your big takeaway from the offense in this game? Um, big takeaway. I think I think Minshew handled it very well. I mean, given his preparation time and coming in um, off the bench, I really think that he executed a lot of the things that Nick Sirianni wanted him to execute. He had a lot of of checkdowns after going through progressions. That is one of the main differences that I think I saw between Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts is that he had a more he had a more um, he had more patience in the pocket, and he let the O line work for him as he was reading things down the field. And you could you could very visibly see him look to the left, take a step back, look to the right, and then check the ball down. Um, and and stepping up in the pocket, he just had a more natural pocket awareness feel to his game. But also, he has to do that because he's not going to take away and run. Uh, 20 yards. That's not Gardner Minshew's game. His game is more, you know, the more traditional uh, passing quarterback that gets the ball off to his playmakers and let let them make plays. So it's gonna it's gonna look different when you when you're watching these two guys play. Um, I think Nick Sirianni cooked up a very good game plan for uh for Gardner. Uh, yep. throwing the ball a lot early, then transitioning into more of a run heavy approach um i think even at midway like in, at the sec- at the halftime where they had like 15 runs 15 passes or something like that yeah. and then the transition a little bit more into running offense uh in the second half and they did a really good job i, I give credit to just jeff stoutland for that in going from jalen hurts as the quarterback to Gardner Minshew as the quarterback dramatically changes the way that you're setting up your running attack because you're going to have tight ends on defensive ends chipping with tackles on basically every play uh, you can't just run zone reads anymore now it's and the quarterback it's, doesn't have a gap right because usually the quarterback takes up a gap because so you can leave yeah. kind of a free rusher so you're basically you have, there's an extra guy you have to account for now exactly and mm-hmm. and you could you could you could tell that on tape but you couldn't tell that on the stat sheet because they, they were just so dominant despite despite all that um yeah I think I think Nick Sirianni did a good job. I think Jeff Stoutland did a very good job with his offensive line, despite being rushed to the hospital pregame. And yeah, I mean, thank God that came back. Uh, I know that was. I, I heard about that pregame. I was pretty scary, and it's all. Um, uh, thank God he's all right. He's, yeah, like uh, it just slipped under the cover, right? Yeah, like, I know it's true. He did I what? Think who, who brought it? I think Ling Johnson brought it up pregame or something or postgame. Um, I can't remember exactly when I heard about it, but I know I thought Ling Johnson was the one. Kind of brought people's attention, but uh, yeah, thank God he's okay. So you brought it up a lot of checkdowns. So Gardner, there are 26 quarterbacks um, that played in Week 13. Gardner Minshew ranked 22nd in air yards per attempt at 6.1. So it goes to show that he wasn't going throwing the ball very far, and that it kind of reminded me of the Falcons game plan from Week One. Did you kind of get that a little bit? Like it was very similar to that. Right, so it was, yeah. it was. We had more tight end screens set up uh, in this game. We had some running back screens set up as well. Um, the, the tight end screen to Goddard, I think, was a second drive or was it the first drive? 
that went oh, for they like had a, 25 they had a yards. Plays. That was really good. Uh, I think it had like few few plays in the first half with uh, Tiny Screen to, to, to Goddard. Mm-hmm. And they had one from Miles Sanders. And they had one that got blown up. Uh, we just threw the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, then he also had some of the, the same concepts, RPO concepts that we saw with Jalen Hurts, uh, where he flicked it to Goddard uh, a few times as well. Um, so, so all those become, you know, short throws uh, by scheme. And then, of uh, of course, he had a couple of uh, he had a couple of of checkdowns as well, and it was like a short crosser for for Quest Watkins. And mm-hmm. yeah. So speaking of Quest Watkins, so you zoned in on him. So what we're, I want to talk about the two YouTube videos that you put up on your YouTube channel, Breaking the Birds. Make sure to subscribe to Thomas's channel if you haven't already, or I will hunt you down. And uh, you you zoned in on two guys, Quest Watkins and Jordan Mailata. I think this is the first video you did on Quest Watkins this year. What was your takeaway from him? Yeah, so I did one in the uh, in the beginning of the season, and I did one now. So I had a little bit to to compare it to, and also did one um, last year as well against the Cardinals, where he, he you know he popped off that uh, that screenplay there. But yeah, uh, we're seeing more that he is being used in like as more of a, of a route runner over the middle and using his speed not just for for the deep game, but also um, but also on the deep crossing game, the dig game. Uh, and and he's 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 getting better in terms of setting up the DBs before he's going inside. And you, sometimes when you're fast, you have a tendency to just release flat up on the on the crossing route, and then not that hard to defend. But he did a, a couple of times in this game where where he's he is sort of faking up vertically and and leaning into the defender before he's cutting it um, across the middle, or. You know, if if the cornerback is very much inside shaded, then you figure it as if you're going vertical, and then you're coming back across the middle. Uh, we're seeing we're seeing more of that. Uh, had a few nice slant routes where he's open uh, for target. Had uh, there was a good concept like a flooding concept where you have one guy in the flat as a checkdown option. You had Devontae Smith going deep, and then you have um, Quest Watkins coming in between the flat and the deep guy. And, and the understanding understanding where to place yourself is very important as that intermediate guy because. If you're if you're getting too close uh, to to the flat defender, you're basically just baiting your quarterback into throwing either a way too short ball that's going to be tackled for no gain or mm-hmm. or a potential interception. So you need to you need to read the deep defender how much you can get depth, and he did a really good job of that. Uh, Minshew got pressured on that play and scrambled out to the other side, so it didn't really become a target or anything. But it's very encouraging to see those route elements um, and the details and that. Develop with quest. He had a great route. Um, it was a dig over the middle, I believe, and uh, he made the defenders kind of run into each other. Yeah. Um, with his stop, and then that was the one where where Minshew hit him for the big game over the left sideline, and that that was really encouraging to see. Like he had three catches for six yards in this game. He was the second leading receiver behind Dallas Goddard, who had six catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Man, what a game! What a he looks talented now, eh? Well, Goddard, I know we're kind of going off of walking here, but Goddard looks like a top three tight end right now. Like yeah, you're seeing he, the he talent. Really does. Yeah, like you're seeing the talent kind of come together. He's still a young guy. It's really encouraging to see. And Do also you... just looking at the blocking aspect of it, like going back to the fact that he didn't have Jalen Hurts. I mean, that just Dallas Goddard's blocking game, even Jack Stoll as well. He 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 showed up in the blocking game. I mean, that's just it's unbelievable. Well, the things Dallas Goddard is doing to defensive end is just not normal. Quez Watkins is 23 years old. Do you think he can ever develop into a number two here? I think he's I think he's got I think, it. I think I think it's uh, like 
aiming for a number like for a wide receiver two spot for him is probably a little bit too optimistic. Like he would be, he would excel. He would be a tremendous wide receiver three in an offense. Yeah, I think I think number three receiver is where they should be aiming for him. Like if he's right, number three right, on right. your team, then you have then that's that's good. That's where his, he belongs on a roster. Like a, a role player with an expanded route tree, like sort of a like his niche is obviously going deep and, and beating guys with speed. But but mm-hmm. as he's developing more of a versatile route. Uh, route tree, I think that that that, that bodes well for for becoming a, a wide receiver three on on the team. Very good wide receiver three. Okay, um, Jordan, my lot in this game, another beast of a game. Um, what really the the play that really stuck out to me in this one was the Ken, Kenneth Deanwell run touchdown. Yeah, that was like the coolest run of the year. Like that was art, right? Yeah, like you had David Herbig pulling from the right side. He gets his guy. You see Mylon step up. He takes up two guys. Gainwell literally, like, it looked like a deer gliding through a forest. Like, you could have hit that touchdown. Yeah, it, it was all yeah. about just keeping balance because it was yeah. a tight space running through. But just keep the balance and when you're when you're stepping on all those those toes when you're coming across, right? And yeah. uh, Jalen Rager uh, gets the, the block downfield to, to just Safety, seal, right? seal yeah. everything off. Yeah, it's just to make sure that uh, Gainwell didn't have to do anything at all. <laughs> other than just yep. you know keep the balance and he did that and it was just it was perfectly executed i agree um what from jordan by a lot of perspective are you seeing he was good last year like he, he was one of the better off the team the better players on the team in kind of a down year are you are you seeing like more development from him as, as the season progresses like is he getting better yeah now he's not yeah he, he's not just strong anymore now he's also technically sound I mean, for him, it was never about. It was never about getting. It was not about moving the ceiling. It was more just about moving the floor, like getting more and more consistent. So, so some of those, um, some of those plays where he got beat last year, you know, uh, you respect the inside too much, so you give up the edge, and it becomes an easy swipe and and, and sack, or or you're you're panicking and you're taking too many uh, pass steps, and suddenly the inside is wide open. It's it's all about you no. Know, I know Jeff Stoutland talks about that a lot with with this offensive lineman, keeping an keeping an angle and keeping a sound angle relative to where the defensive end is is at. I think that part is is so much better this year than it was last year, like immeasurably better. He's taken constant good angles on his defensive ends. Now the thing becomes a little bit more when we're you know, working out the stunt game and when they're blitzing as well and prioritizing who who to pick up in an overload blitz and stuff like that like those um those situational specific blocking schemes where you can't really just like you have to you have to think snap quick uh and that 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 is progressing more and more throughout the season because that was not good last year uh mm-hmm. that that was like that looked random some of the things that he did um I think the comment you said about having like a like his floor was a like I can see his floor getting better because there was always that risk last year of like a speed guy that's gonna zoom around him or he's gonna he's gonna mess he's gonna go after the wrong guy like he's he's fully not there yet with the mental game and now like it just seems like he is an absolute brick wall on the left side and he like nothing gets by him nothing's getting around him he is becoming the most reliable offensive lineman on this team and one of the most reliable offensive linemen in the league. Right, and and just the 
you know, that was the passing element of it. Like the the the, the rushing attack, his understanding of when to go up to the second level is improving and it's scary because he's he's throwing around linebackers when he's getting yeah. to the second level and hitting them when he's in balance and he is coming right for them it is i mean it must be a terrible a, a terrifying sight for any any second level defender um any uh, anything else in the offense i think the big i think my biggest big picture takeaway from this offense which i want to touch on a little bit um in about five ten minutes is nick sirianni did a great job the game plan i, I think this game was more on Nick Sirianni getting guys open, scheming guys open like that pick route. You get Goddard on the wheel route down down the side. Like you, no one's that open in the NFL. Like I know the Jets, they do a pretty good job. The Jets defense is pretty bad, but like Nick Sirianni's ability to kind of scheme up these guys and get them open, I thought was the biggest takeaway from this game. Yeah, and really, it's it's a lot of the same things that they've been doing throughout the year. You know, creating rub. Uh, creating rub concepts or and, and picking guys off. We've seen it a lot of times in the end zone where Eagles get called for offensive pass interference. Where it's just like it's those it's those little details on on those plays and whether it gets called or not because it it, it could have been called on the Dallas Goddard second touchdown. That could have been uh, offensive pass interference. Mm-hmm. But they're 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 getting better. The wide receivers are getting better at when to release and when to and when to hit the uh, the guys that they want to rob off. And, and who they want to, to 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 pick across the middle. So um, that that's it's getting better, but it's also something that they have been they've had a lot of touchdowns taken off the board. I think we're up to like five touchdowns now taken off the board. That one uh, freaking stretch at the beginning of the year, oh my god! Yeah, like, what five in two games or something? Exactly, like it was like three Devontae yeah. Smith touchdowns yeah. taken off because of Greg Ward and Zach Ertz, and yeah, it, yeah. it's been frustrating. Um, but but yeah, I think. He, I think the, the most promising thing about this game is that Nick Sirianni did a lot of the same things that he's been doing throughout the season. A little bit more tight end screens, a little less bubble screens and jailbreak screens, but that's really about it. And then he is continuing this mix of running to move the chains and then setting up easy conversions when short throws. Um, and the difference in this game is that from what we've seen before is that we had two big plays to Dallas Goddard. And those are really the two big, two big passing plays that we, we, we saw in that game. Mm-hmm. And really the most impressive passing games we've seen in the last many weeks uh down the field yeah eight and 66 baby that's the offensive run through those two freaking guys um it should be the focal point going forward those two are very talented like I, i'm still kind of blown away by god when i was watching that game like i was watching with a friend and i was like i like said to him like man dallas god it's good like this like i, I didn't like expect him to kind of take off right away when earth's left but he's instantly become tight end one he's now pff's third highest ranked tight end in the NFL, he's becoming one of the better offensive weapons in the league. It's I the think he season. is uh, Pro Football Reference's best tight end right now. Okay, there you go. Like he, he like, the tight end position has been an absolute disaster. This has been an absolute disaster this year. Like the tight end position in the league, like there hasn't really been a lot of good tight ends, and he stands out in that in into the top. There's what probably three or four really good tight ends in the NFL this year: Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, um, Waller. You can probably throw in that category. I know he's had a little bit of a down right. year. He's battled some injuries, but. That's, that's pretty much it, right? Like, Mark Andrews had a good start. Like, there's not a lot of good tight ends in so the NFL. Uh, so, the list from Football Outsiders in terms of um, DVOA and DR is one, Dallas Goddard, two, Hunter Henry, three, Mark Andrews, four, Travis Kelsey, and five, George Kittle. There you go. Like, th- that's it. Like, there, there's not, like, he's in the, he's in a very good category. That's a good spot. Exactly. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, defense, let's touch on it quickly. And then I want to kind of talk some big pictures, takes with you because we're on the bye week. 
Um, and there's not much else to do. Uh, defense was bad, in my opinion, in the first half. The Jets just drove up and down, up and down three times. Um, scored. I think they had the three touchdowns, two touchdowns, right? No, the MS extra points. Yeah. Uh, I still don't know what to make of, of this defense as a unit. Uh, did they make they had some good adjustments um, in the second half? John again said that they came out and um, they were blindsided by their game plan. That was his uh, kind of take. Like overall preparation just wasn't there from them. He said that they didn't expect the Jets to play this way. And who knows if he's telling the truth or not. Like again, we have no idea what exactly what happened, but that was his take at the press conference on Tuesday. Um is I think the biggest worry on this team going forward or in the next four games is gonna be that the, the second quarterback spot, like Steven Nelson didn't play very well in the back end of the safeties, like those those guys are there's not a lot of talent there. I, I think if this team is gonna end up blowing it or not blowing it, but just not succeed these last four games, not make the playoffs. I think the the back end of his defense is going to be a big uh, part of that. Yeah, I think so too. They picked on Steven Nelson. I don't, I'm not quite sure what, what, what Gannon meant um, specifically in, in not knowing what the Jets were going to do. I mean, Zach Wilson was the worst quarterback in the, in the league up to this yeah. week, and he just looked like a freaking dude coming off injury. And... was the worst quarterback in the NFL. And and like so, what, what what did he not expect? What, yeah, that, what I mean. What so when you were watching tape, Thomas, did they do anything crazy? Like, did their offense do anything spectacular? Like, why no. why was he caught off guard? I don't really get it. Yeah, but I I I, I don't I didn't see anything. Where I go, all right, that's great. I mean, so this is why you got beat. I mean, yeah. Stephen Nelson got beat a lot. I mean, that that was bad. They, um, they, the, the touchdown, it looked like he was expecting Anthony Harris' help over the middle, which was, wasn't there. It looked like Harris bit on the play action. Um, yeah, and he's pressed up against uh, more. Wasn't it a lot more? Yeah. He, he's pressed up against him. He just he just bites on an outside fake step, and it gets beat. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think the most inconsistent part of the team is – 100% the defense. Yeah. And the back end specifically. I think the and pass the back rush end is, specifically, right. I, I think the pass rush has been a little bit underwhelming this year. I know, like, I don't know how I haven't taken a look at their sack numbers as of late. Um, but I, I Javon Hargrave had a really good game this one. Uh, he he kind of had the big, he's the one that he pushed Shaq Wilson into Josh Sweat on when Joshua came around the corner and kind of yeah. got that sack. That was pressure up the middle, Hargrave. And he was a couple times. Like, that was Hargrave's best game in a while. He kind of, that disappeared, but he didn't play that great after his kind of six-week start where he kind of just came up flying and uh, was able to kind of dominate. Um, I think, again, like, I think the pass rush and defensive and the defensive backs have to play better or else, like, they, they can cost them. Like, Taylor Heineke right now, the Washington's their next opponent, Taylor Heineke has been the second-most efficient quarterback in football the last two weeks. So it's not like this cupcake schedule. He's good football right through. now. Yes, he he's balling. I, I think EPA per play over the last six weeks, he is second out of all quarterbacks. So like this is this is not going to be kind of an easy stretch for for this defense. They're going to have to make some stops. Yeah, one yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it, I don't like, and it's it's all divisional games, and we just we're like they they showed a, they showed everybody that they can lose to the Giants very easily. And and I mean at this point, yeah, it's it like them at six and seven is fine. They they have some things going for them. 
Um, I think they believe that they can make the playoffs, and, and, and certainly they can. But I, I've yet to see something that makes me go, yeah, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Or, yeah, I think they're going to beat the Giants. Or, I think they're going to beat it. The-. They might as well. It, like, it, it would surprise me. It, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they go 0-4 in the next four games. Oh, and, 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 just and even, beating them down here, Thomas. And, and but, but even then, I wouldn't be surprised if they go three and one. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I get what you mean. Anything, any, no, nothing will catch you off guard. Exactly. It's so up and down that, like, you, you, you win two games and you think, all right, this team is riding hot. Now is the easy part of the schedule. Boom, they lose to the Giants. And yeah. like, oh, okay, we're back to square one now. I mean, we don't know what we're doing. Blah blah blah. And and yeah, I have no expectations. Zero. So, Taylor Heineke is second need for play since week eight in the NFL. Washington's won four in a row. They are the next. They are the next team coming up. Um, okay, I want to zoom out a little bit from just these last four games to kind of look at these the first thirteen games. Um, are you happy with what you've seen? Like, is this uh, as an Eagles fan? Has this exceeded expectations? Has it has it hit expectations? Are you below expectations? What is what was what's your big take? What's your big picture takeaway from the first thirteen weeks? I think Jalen Hurts is on par. Uh, I think it's right there. He's he's hit the expectations of what like reasonable expectations you could have at, have at this point. He's a very good runner. He's a questionable passer with a lot of things to work on. Um, and every week is a coin flip if he's gonna be uh, fundamentally sound or if he's gonna be all over the place. Um, I think Jonathan Gannon is. A lot lower than I expected. Like he's he's way under my expectation. I thought he was going to come in here and make uh, develop DBs, and I thought it was going to be more consistent in in terms of what they would be showing scheme wise. Um, I think it's been vanilla. It's been soft zone. It's been way too much up and down. I don't think they have an identity right now on defense. Um, it's not. They're not specifically good at stopping the run. They're not overly aggressive. They are not shifting up their coverages a lot. They're playing a bunch of zone, and it's not really working most of the time. I think Nick Sirianni is uh, way above expectations. I've been I've been impressed by him. Yeah. I think he is uh, he is in, he's installed uh, a system that or an offense that we see the same elements of week in and week out with with creative wrinkles to get guys open. And after he discovered the limitations of Jalen Hurts and the dominance of the run game. We can argue about the timing of that, but after he has been, you know, discovering that and figuring out, right, I need to run less RPOs, more straight up running plays and getting those things mixed in. I think he's been, he's been very good. The Eagles offense look night and day from what it did in 2020 and 2019. Yes. That's my biggest takeaway is this offense has improved drastically from last year. Look, we all like Doug Peterson. The guy brought us. The guy brought us the Super Bowl. He'll always be the man in Philly. Guy will never buy a beer in the town again. But it, the offense is declining. It was going backwards. It was time for a change. Nick Sirianni steps up, and now this offense is tenth in offensive DVOA, twelfth in EPA per play. And no matter what metric you look at, I think they're like twelfth in yards. Like anywhere, any kind of way you look at it, this team is playing at a high level on the offensive side of the ball. And here's another thing I wanted to take to kind of talk to you about. There were seven rookie head coaches hired this offseason. Okay. Um, Brandon Staley was hired by the Chargers. Urban Meyer was hired by the Jaguars. Nick Sirianni by the Eagles. 
Dan Campbell by the Detroit Lions, Arthur Smith by the Atlanta Falcons, Robert Sala by the Jets, David Culley by the Texans. You can make the argument that Nick Sirianni, with what he has right now and what the team looks like on paper, is doing the best job out of all seven rookie head coaches. The Chargers are probably in a better position because they have Justin Herbert at quarterback. The Eagles don't have Justin Herbert at quarterback. Okay, so they're obviously their offense isn't going to look like the Chargers done. But this has been a really good success story for this front office by bringing Sirianni right now. This that list of rookie head coaches I just named, I'd say Nick Sirianni has done the best job out of all seven of them. Yeah, I yep. think that is uh, that is a fair take. Um, I mean, I guess uh, I guess I understand the logic in that. I mean, Sirianni made the call to get Jonathan Gannon in here, so in that. You know, in that sense, I mean, it kind of falls back on him a little bit too. But then again, there are so many, there are so many unknown variables to that, and who has what say, and yada yada, and who could they bring in here? Who is who were real defensive coordinator candidates for the team? So, and I mean, it's it's such a young group. So we'll we'll see in the next four games. That's going to say a lot about where they are. Yeah, and um. And where they ultimately end up, if they're going to change defensive coordinator on in the off season, where they make the playoffs, that'll be. I mean, that will be the dream scenario, right? Would be a. Would the dream scenario be one and done or win one game? What's the ceiling? Well, they're 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 going to finish seventh, right? If they make the playoffs, my best guess. Like, yeah. I don't think they're going to catch the 49ers. It will be Washington because they're playing Washington, right? So those they're going to have to they're going to have to win steal games from them. And then who's the second seed in the NFC? You're probably going to Green Bay, right? You're going to Lambeau. So probably. <laughs> look, <laughs> I don't know. Let's not, uh, so I just got uh, ugly images in my head. Yeah, God, I just kind of had a nightmare. Um, I don't know. I don't think they're going walking into Lambeau Field and beating the Green Bay Packers. I'll be honest, and and I don't think you think that's going to happen either. No, no. Um, so yeah, okay. Another another thing before we go, I want to touch on where do you think this roster is right now? Like, what, where do you think they need to make improvements on? Because look, we're 13 games through. My something I really hope that this team doesn't do, and they tend to do a lot, is overcorrect in a small period of time. There is four games coming up. I hope they don't look at these four games in a, in a vacuum and fix the team on just because of what happened in these last four games, right? Like, I hope they have big picture in mind. So. I, right now, the biggest need, in my opinion, is number two wide receiver and the secondary, like the entire secondary. You're looking at both safety yeah. spots and corner. Where would you like them to invest resources in this offseason? Like where, where do you think in the free agency and draft? I, I think they have a good young core at wide receiver, uh, mainly looking at Devontae Smith and um, and Quest Watkins. And I think if you can bring in a, a, a maybe not high like high end but not the highest end you know what i mean i mean if they could bring up uh, Devontae adams cool that'd be great but i want really... them to open up that fucking checkbook thomas i <laughs> want them to get like, <laughs> yeah, you wanna... i want them to get chris godwin Devontae adams i know where you were going with this but i uh i want to pay one like just right. don't pay a guy yeah I, I i wouldn't hate that i wouldn't hate that uh either just just for the fun of it, because then they'd have a. I think they have a, a really good offensive line, young offensive. Line. Suddenly, the offensive line is looking hella versatile and young. Yeah. Um, in 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 very short time, there's going to be at some point where you're going to look at replacement for a center, 
Um, and we'll see. Maybe maybe the solution moving forward will be uh, some combination of Driscoll Herbig uh, and then Samala moving to center. Jakerson at left guard and, and Malala yep. at left tackle. And then we'll see how long Lane Johnson holds up. Um, but but yeah, tight end, they're set. Running back, you don't have to invest in. Uh, we've seen that. Everybody can run behind the Eagles offensive line. Don't pay Miles Sanders. Um Cornerback, cornerback two is a massive uh, is a massive need. Safety is about time they they spend on that. Uh, pass rusher getting getting a defensive because uh, Derek Barnett is gone, so you're, you're gonna back. you're gonna have to bring in a defensive end. And uh, and man, if they can bring in one of these uh, one of these top uh, top rushers in this draft, it's not looking good with the draft pl- placement right now. But if somebody stop fucking losing. <laughs> we'll stop winning. Sorry, Miami won't stop winning. They need to start losing. I want you want the Colts and, and the Dolphins to start losing and, for they, sure. Like, yeah, I think the Colts are going to make the playoffs at the rate they're going at right now. Um, yeah, the Dolphins, probably. I don't know. The Dolphins are who knows. Both those teams like there's there's a there's a scenario where both those teams make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they are, and we should just be happy that we get three first round picks. Yeah. Might as well, like you could all you can end up hitting on one of these. It's, it's like it's Harry Roseman. I, yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Conversation <laughs> for the offseason. Yeah, exactly. You have an opportunity to hit with at least some of these picks, and and they've had it. They had a good draft last year. Is looking like right now at, at least. So, I think yeah, defensive back end, wide receiver two, and and pass rush. I agree. Those uh, those are kind of big needs, and I think they have the resources obviously to hit on all of them. Like I, I don't think there's a yeah, like without doing any maneuvering, they're going to be around thirteen million. Uh, over the cap without doing anything, and they're going to do a lot. So yeah, I'm assuming that'll be up to the 35, 40 million dollar range by by free agency. They they, they have the uh, capability of doing that. And Darius Slay's going to get some sort of contract extension, right? Um, that will move some money around. Um, I'm assuming Wayne Johnson will get a recontract restructure. Uh, I don't think they'll do that with Fletcher Cox again. Hopefully they don't, because no more kicking the can down the road with that guy. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this team. Yeah, this team's that's going to end up in. Uh... That's gonna end up in a bad situation uh, at some yeah. point. That's gonna be a Jason Peters situation. Yeah, and uh, I think his time is ticking in Philly. All right, anything else before we go? Nah, the bye week sucks and yeah. fuck Dallas. Yeah, there you go. All righty, that's Tom Experience in a break the birds. Make sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel. He does the best work of Eagles film review. There is a round. I'll be back next week. Don't know exactly the date, but we're only doing one episode next week. Thomas gets the week off. We'll be talking to him after the Washington game, and we will talk to you later.